Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And welcome, everyone, to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figgs. I'm the senior pastor at Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado, and I'm with you for the hour of Calvary Live. And so we do invite you to call in at that number you just heard, 303-690-3000 is that call-in number, and that'll get you to me. You can ask your questions and give your prayer requests and love to talk with you. This is your show, and uh, so blessed to be with you. This is Holy Week uh, this week, and very special time for us as Christians. We have so much to be thankful for and, and so much opportunity to be able to give that message, the greatest message that was declared 2,000 years ago, that he is risen, he's alive, and the tomb is empty, and so glorious, and what a very special week, and love for you to just be able to call and ask your questions, to be able to call and um, get some clarity or understanding concerning Scripture or uh, something that perhaps you heard, or what's our uh, view on certain things that are going on around the world. It's very important that we have the Word of God to guide us and direct us, uh, in everything in our lives. And so uh, we have opportunity just to talk about the things of the Lord and to be blessed. And they'll also pray for you. So we got all open lines right now. 303-690-3000 is that call-in number. Grab one of those open lines. Let's talk about the Lord. Let's go to the Word of the Lord, and let's go to the throne of grace in time of need, as Hebrews chapter 4 tells us. There's another way for you to be able to contact me through um, a dedicated text line. It's a different number, 720-336-0897. So I encourage you to always put those uh, numbers in your contact, and then you can pull it up, and you can call. And that's what we'd love to, to hear you call, the callers, the listeners, to call, and uh, let's have a conversation. Let's uh, talk about the things of the Lord. But as we have time, we'll go to the text line, 720 336 0897, so you can text in your question and your prayer request. And as I said, it's Monday. Uh, it is the day after Palm Sunday. I pray that you are blessed as uh, most churches, a lot of churches commemorated uh, the time where Jesus made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Maybe you got a question about that. I know I was asked a few things yesterday after service that uh, people were uh, not quite sure of, needed clarity on, and so I'd love to answer those questions for you. But uh, it's interesting. They call it the triumphal entry, but we do know that his triumphal entry really is going to be when he comes back in the second coming of Jesus Christ. And it's not going to be lowly riding on a donkey, uh, but it's going to come back as the reigning Savior and King and riding on a white horse and and great power and glory, and we're going to be coming with them. So this is going to be a glorious time. But it was an incredible event that we have recorded 
uh, in the scriptures that would begin the last week of Jesus' ministry uh, that would lead to his crucifixion and, of course, the following first day of the week uh, where he rose from the grave. And so give me a call. All open lines right now, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Text line 720-336-0897. Again, it is a blessing to be with you. Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners along the Front Range in Colorado, up in the southern Wyoming. You're listening live. Also, Radio by Grace, many stations across the nation. You, too, um, can give me a call at the number that I just gave you, and then online listeners as well. So anywhere in the United States, you can call that number at 303-690-3000. Please do so. Love to talk with you. And then I just want to give a great uh, shout-out to Hope FM and Truth FM, you listeners on the East Coast, and then in Idaho, Higher Rock Radio. You're a week delayed. just simply means that we have our conversation, and then you get to listen to it a week later on your radio network. And so got two open lines Give me a call. Love to talk to you about the things of the Lord and and love to be able to just encourage. Let's go to Gracie in Denver. Hi there. Hi, Gracie. How, how are you? How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. Good. Um, so I have a question, and this question was brought to my attention, and I didn't know exactly how to respond to it. Um, so what... Is it okay for a woman to take on the part of being the breadwinner and the husband staying at home taking care of the children? Like, yeah, that- and I there's different Gracie. There's different thoughts on that and views on that. Uh, oftentimes, people who took a, take a more harder view on it will point to what uh, Paul wrote to Timothy that a man that doesn't provide for his family is worse than an unbeliever. And and in that, I think that Paul he's primarily talking about somebody who doesn't provide for their family spiritually, first of all, who's not taking the leadership role. And and here's the thing. We know that the Scripture says that the husband is to be the head of the wife, um, that the husband is to uh, lead the family. Um, but again, primarily speaking about the spiritual aspects of that he is to love his wife as Christ loves the church. He's to serve her. He is to lay down his life for her, uh, and he is to provide in a way that uh, to make sure that things are taken care of. But if a husband and a wife, and, and this is where the other side of the coin or the spectrum comes, if the husband and wife come to the agreement and understanding that uh, she's going to go to work and he's going to take care of the kids, um, then that's something that's between them and the Lord, I believe. And so some, there's, you know, a few people that love the Lord that here in our church that she works um, and she's the breadwinner mostly, and he is at home, even homeschooling the kids, and it works for them. But he's still, the husband is still the leader spiritually. He still is making sure that they're in fellowship, they're praying with his family, with his kids, making sure that they're being raised in the ways of the Lord. So Again, there's different thoughts, but as we look at the scriptures, as a husband and wife coming together, uh, submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord, um, as the primary, the primary responsibility and role of the husband is to lead 
uh, his family spiritually. That needs to be of, of primary importance. Um, and then if if it comes to where it, it may be that uh, the wife has to work, the husband, he isn't able to do it because of some factor that's going on, a physical factor or something like that. Um, so uh, that's where I kind of leave it. And, and it's up to the um, you know, the couple to be able to sort that out. Okay, great. Cause that's kind of my sentiments as, um, as well. So I didn't know if maybe I was off on that subject or not. So, um, but it seems like yeah. I was pretty close. <laughs> well, Gracie, you know, it used to be 20 years ago. I was one that was more in the camp of, you know, the husband needs to be the breadwinner, the, the wife. We see that example as even Paul talks about, uh, being that example at home, um, raising the kids. We live in a different world today. We live in a culture where more women are in the workforce and they are working and they're very smart and they are successful and they're nurses, they're teachers, they're uh, in businesses. And the Bible says that women cannot work. It, it doesn't say that at all. So as a couple comes together, again, the role of the man is to be the leader in the house. And that's most definite. Uh, but when it comes to the financial aspect, uh, some have decided that, hey, it's better that uh, she works and then um, that, you know, he, he stays at home, takes care of the kids. There may be other factors involved. and um, But there are those who will disagree with that. But uh, I think we just live in a different world uh, today to where many women are very successful out in the workplace. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate that. It helps me a lot. Thank you. Hey, Gracie, you have a great resurrection weekend, okay? You do the same. Thank you. You bet. Got all open lines right now, 303-690-3000. Love to hear from you. Good questions. You know, and here's the thing that, you know, go to the Lord in directions and things like that. Search in the scriptures. Uh, Look into the Lord to lead you. Um, and to guide you and speak to you as a couple, as a family, uh, as a Christian, um, and to get guidance. And the Lord will do that. As you're seeking blessing, as you're seeking to please the Lord, I believe that he will guide you in those areas. All open lines, please give me a call. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. And the text line, 720-336-0897. Uh, I do want to remind you that this week, many churches, most churches, are going to have special services and extra services to uh, to accommodate the crowds. And many, perhaps, are having a mundane Thursday service, perhaps, or a midweek service, uh, commemorating the upper room and Jesus washing the feet of the disciples and instituting the Lord's Supper. Friday uh, is Good Friday. We're having a Good Friday service as well at noon as we look at the crucifixion of Jesus Christ who went to the cross and died for us. And then Resurrection Weekend, uh, we're having a Saturday service at 6, and then Resurrection Sunday uh, at 8, 9.30, and 11 o'clock. But uh, I want you to just really consider, and maybe perhaps most of you have done this and you've invited somebody out to one of those services and and as Christians, we have a great opportunity to be able to do that, to, to bring somebody to hear about the crucifixion of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The world desperately needs to hear it. It's the greatest message ever declared in the history of mankind. 
that Jesus Christ died for your sins and he rose again from the grave. And I can't help but think about a lot of times we we think, what kind of message can I give to people to give them hope, to give them encouragement? Paul the Apostle, when he was on his second missionary journey, he would come into Corinth and he writes about that to them in 1 Corinthians. And as he does, he's writing to this church that uh, really began to grow quickly. But that second missionary journey was very, very difficult. And again, all open lines, 303-690-3000. Give me a call and uh, and love to hear from you and talk with you. Uh, ask your questions or give your prayer requests. And so uh, those lines are open. Grab it uh, while you can. But uh, to continue here, that Paul, as he's writing to this church, that he speaks about when he first came to them. And he says in chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians that when I came to you, I did not come with excellence of, of speech or wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God, but I was determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And as he gave that message of Jesus in the cross, and Paul would say to the Galatian believers that I boast in nothing but the cross of Jesus Christ, that the church grew and exploded. And that's our message, that Jesus Christ came and died for your sins, and he rose again, and he validated what he did on the cross, uh, and he's alive, and we believe in a risen Savior. And it's such a glorious message that we're to give to others. And and so pray about who you might invite, a friend, family member, co-worker. Hey, come out to Resurrection Weekend, to, to Easter services. Come to Good Friday. I'd uh, love for you to come out and we're just praying God's going to work mightily in your church and in our church as well. And uh, so, Father, I just pray for all the services that will take place this week uh, with midweeks or perhaps mundane Thursday, uh, Good Friday, uh, Resurrection Weekend, that you would work mightily, that salvation would come to many people. Uh, and, Lord, that uh, as Christians, that we would just invite people, invite everyone that we know um, that— needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, we commit all this to you. What a glorious time and and what a glorious message that we have to give to others. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. All open lines right now, 303-690-3000 is the calling number. Love to hear from you. Uh, give me a call. Text line 720-336-0897. The text question came in. Um, and speaking of Palm Sunday, somebody did text in and say, why were they waving the palm branches in Jesus' triumphal entry? And and that's a good question, because sometimes people, uh, you know, churches give out little palm branches, uh, but they don't know why they're waving the palm branches. When Jesus came into Jerusalem, we know that Luke's gospel tells us that the multitude, as he's in the Jordan Valley ready to come up, that they were expecting the kingdom of God to be ushered right away, immediately. They were expecting the sky to open up, angels to descend, uh, and and Rome was going to get theirs, um, and they were going to be free from the Roman occupation. So Jesus comes up from the Jordan Valley uh, up to Jerusalem. They would sing the songs of the ascent. And then Matthew tells us that a great multitude came out of the city to meet Jesus. So this Passover, as he gets on a donkey and rides down the Mount of Olives and into the city, had never seen anything like it. Matter of fact, it says the whole city was moved, according to Matthew. And that word moved is where 
the Greek word where we get our word seismic. It, it was just uh, was an incredible event. And we know that the people are cheering. They're waving the palm branches. Well, the reason that they're waving the palm branches, and again, open lines, 303-690-3000, give me a call. But they were waving the palm branches because it was a couple hundred years earlier that there was this Syrian king. And this Syrian king had oppressed the people, and Judas Maccabee and his brothers led a revolt, and they drove out Antiochus or Antiochus Epiphanes, and he was driven out, and they rededicated the temple, relit the menorah, and that's where they get Hanukkah. But as a symbol of political freedom from the Syrians, the people cut down the palm branches, and they were waving the palm branches at that time. So as Jesus comes into the city of Jerusalem, we know that they're waving the palm branches because it was a symbol of political uh, freedom from uh, you know, freedom from the Romans. Uh, Romans, hey, the kingdom of God's going to be ushered in. But when that didn't happen, that it would be a few days later that the people were crying out, "Crucify him! We will not have this man rule over us." And you see, Jesus came to free us from a greater bondage than Rome could ever put on anyone, and that is, He came to free us from the bondage of sin. And so, it was very significant as they did that. And Jesus wept over the city, and he wept over the city not only because what was happening presently is uh, he knew that they would reject him. He said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I long to gather you to myself as a mother hen gathers her chicks, but you were not willing to come, and now your house is left to you desolate, and you won't see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And he wept over the city. Luke's narrative tells us, that it was, he would talk about how they'll build an embankment and the city's going to be destroyed. And so he is weeping about what was happening presently, what was going to happen in the future. Um, but Jesus, knowing that there was a purpose that he came, and we know that from scriptures clearly, that he was going to come and die for the sins of the world. So 303 690 3000, call in number, text line 720. 720- Three three six zero eight nine seven. Let's go to Texas to Seth on line one. Hi, Seth. Seth, are you there? Seth from Amarillo. He's asking a question. How can I continue to lead my kids to Christ without them feeling forced? Well, you can't force them, Seth. Seth, if it's there, I'd, I'd love to be able to talk to you about this, uh, but. You know, it's going to be a lot of prayer and a lot of speaking the Word of God into their lives. Um, are the kids younger? Are they older? Are they adults? Um, but uh, we need to pray that their hearts will be soft before the Lord. And uh, so if you get a chance to call back, I'd love to be able to talk to you about these things. Um, also, there's uh, somebody that called from Kentucky, um, and... It speaks about, she's asking about the folded napkin in the in the tomb. What was the purpose? Uh, coworkers, um, you know, um, also he has another question. So let me ask, ask that. Seth, are you there? We're going to go back to Seth. Yes, Seth, I'm here. are you there? Okay, you're on Calvary Live. Yes, I had a question about how... 
can you continue to lead your kids closer to Christ without them feeling forced? Are are your kids adults or are they younger? Um, well, they're kind of uh, all ages. Well, they're not adults. They are teenagers from yeah uh, seven to fourteen. Yeah, and that can be a rough age when they start getting into be teenagers. Um, they you know that there's a lot of uh, things that can influence them, and and so one of the things is. It's really important, Seth, number one, and maybe you're doing some of these things. Number one, that you pray for your kids, that you Mm -hmm. pray for your kids every single day, and you pray Mm -hmm. with them as well, and you talk Mm -hmm. to them about the things of the Lord. May they see in you what the Lord means to you and, and that you're one that is blessed by the Lord, and it makes a big difference to be able to talk to them about the things of you know, friends and the influence and social media mm-hmm. and all these things that can take mm-hmm. them away from them because you're using that word force and we can't force the Lord on them. Uh, one of the things that I've realized is I make a lousy Holy Spirit and but I can't be honest with them and I can't pray with them. And as they are under my roof that we are going to go to church, we're going to go to church as a family we're going to have family devotions. We're going to do those things. But, you know, you pray that the Lord really begins to touch their hearts and the Lord really begins to draw them to himself. And that's the place that you're at. Speaking of the things of the Lord, uh, speaking um, those things in your home, uh, that your home is the place where the Lord is honored. And that's what you can do. And and But prayer is a huge part of it. Uh, mm-hmm. praying for your kids. Um, just as Job, you know, Job in chapter one, mm-hmm. uh, you mm-hmm. may be familiar with that, that he yes. sacrificed an oxen on behalf of his kids, lest they may have sinned. And and sometimes I will speak these things to parents or something, and they'll say, well, I don't have a lot of time to pray for them. I'm busy, and we're all busy in life. But the thing is, we must take the time to sacrifice some time to pray for them, speak to them about the things of the Lord. You know, uh, I would always take my my kids, uh, we would go for a walk, um, go for a run, and just talk to them about the things of the Lord, what was going on in their lives, and um, and and to be able to just let them talk and, and to be able to listen and to pray with them. And so it's really important for them to see the Lord working in your life, um, that they see that the, how much the Lord means to you and how he's blessing you and then keep speaking the word of God into their lives and praying for them. Yes. And it's like you said, you know, the teenagers, they're more influenced by other things. And, and that's kind of why I was asking the questions because they're the hardest ones right now. They are. And there's so much social media, their friends, you know, the friends will come along and say, you know, that's your parents' religion. You know, you don't need to believe in God. You don't need to believe the Bible. And we need to just give that message of, uh, you know, that the Bible is true. The Lord is good. And just try to make that an example and then try to protect your home as much as possible of those things coming in. And they don't like it. But, you know, there's things. My I have four kids, Seth, and they're all um, in their 20s. You know, they're all adults. 
Uh, and there's so much stuff that, you know, they'll tell me about social media, the new apps and everything else. And it's really having an effect on our kids. It's pulling them away from the Lord. And then there's a lot of pressure for them to be a part of it. And and so we re- really need to spend some time talking to them about those things. Because I think that we see more kids depressed more than ever. They're depressed. Uh, they're they're just down. They're discouraged because of all that information that's all around them. And and to talk to them about how much time they spend on those things. And, and there's a lot of communication that needs to go on with their kids. You know what your kids are dealing with, um, kind of their friends, uh, what's going on, and to be in prayer for them constantly and just be honest with them. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we pray with them and we tell them, you know, what the Lord has done in our lives, but the teenagers just look at us like another lecture, you know, yeah, and another and, lecture. And that's, yeah. And, and, and that's where it gets hard because we feel like, you know, are they getting it? Are, are they praying when they're not with us? You know, and, and that's our more concern because the young ones, they see it and they pray and they thank the Lord for the things they have. And the teenagers, they're, they, that's kind of how they see it as another lecture and, and this is what they want me to do, and and that and that's kind of where it's hard. But I understand where you're coming from. You know, I was reading Seth, um, kind of what you're talking about. I was reading um, Daniel. You know, and, and a lot of us know the book of Daniel. Daniel was taken off into Babylon when he was about 15 years of age. Mm-hmm. He's just a young teenager, just about the age that you know um, your children are are at or approaching. And we feel like Babylon's trying to take our kids away. It's all around them. And, and one of the things that, you know, they tried to change Daniel's name. Um, They tried to get him to, you know, compromise. And there was a lot of pressure. And I think, Lord, how was it that Daniel was able to stand for you? He had determined in his heart not to defile himself but I think that um, he was raised in that godly home, and you were speaking about the young ones get it, um, that we, as young as they they as we can, to raise them in the ways of the Lord and speak to them about the things of the Lord. But not all of us, you know, were Christians when our kids were young, or as they do get older, there's other influences. And I think that that prayer is just so important to keep speaking truth and let them know you love them and the Lord loves them. And just continue in that way. I want to pray for you and your family right now. Thank you, Father. I pray for Seth. Is you know he's he's ministering to his family, praying with them, and 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 as they reach teenage years, that there's so much influence to pull them away. And Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would touch their lives, and Lord, that Seth would continue to be a messenger of truth and love. And Lord, um, to lift them up before the Lord um, in prayer, to, they would see the reality of Jesus in Him, and how much um, you mean to Him. So, Lord, I pray for this family. I pray you draw his kids to you. You give him the words to speak. That Lord, that um, they would uh, just be be touched by you in every way, uh, drawn close to you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you, Seth. We'll be praying. 
keep hey keep fighting the good fight because it's a fight isn't it yes it is okay god bless you hey we're getting ready we're getting ready to go to break we got a couple open lines 303-690-3000 is the call-in number text line 720-336-0897 so i'd love for you to be able to text in a question or a prayer request uh, love for you to be, grab one of those lines. We'll be on the other side of the break. You'll hear the music in just a little bit. But I just want to remind you as we follow up with what Seth said, um, man, it is a battle out there. Pray for your kids. We've got to take the time to pray for them and keep speaking truth into them. You know, as they're under the roof, take them to church and, and say, as a family, we are going to be in church and just keep ministering to them because it is very difficult days and there's a lot of things to take them away. Going to be right back as you hear the music. It's the only break of the show, but give me a call. Couple open lines, 303-690-3000. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. Pastor Jeff Figgs of Calvary Chapel Greeley up here in northern Colorado and Weld County with you. And it's always a delight to be with you. I'd love to talk to you. we got plenty of time for you to call Got a couple open lines, 303-690-3000. You just heard that number, so give me a call. Love to talk to you about the things of the Lord and uh, encourage you, especially this week as we find ourselves in Holy Week and want to just bless you, um, encourage you, pray with you, so give me a call. So delighted to be with you. Uh, Again, I want to remind you, invite somebody out to your church to uh, Good Friday Resurrection Weekend here in Greeley. Uh, those of you in northern Colorado here, uh, we're going to have four Resurrection Weekend services uh, Saturday, uh, this Saturday coming up at 6 o'clock, and then Sunday 8, 9, 30, and 11 o'clock. And we do have a Good Friday service at noon, and we're going to be looking at the account of the uh, crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And so, so grateful to uh, this time of the year. Just love it. It's uh, such a tremendous blessing. Uh, so uh, just be uh, praying about who you might invite and grab and take to uh, Easter services this week and um, to just let them know that Jesus Christ died for your sins and rose again. And that's the message that we have of hope. Um, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Let's go ahead and go to the phone lines. Let's go to Charles in South Carolina. Hi, Charles. Charles, are you there? Okay, Charles, hopefully you're there. Hopefully we're connecting with people that are calling in. So, Charles, okay. If he isn't, nope, he's not there. Um, Let's go ahead, then let's go to, and that just leaves another open line. So grab one of those open lines, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Kim in Highland Ranch. Kim? Hi, Pastor Ed. Well, Thank this you is for Pastor Jeff. You're welcome. Thanks for calling, but this is Pastor Jeff Figs. Oh, Jeff. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> okay. You guys sound so much alike. In my yep. Oh, Thank you. well, that's a compliment to me. So, 
Pastor um, is the great, great brother. Um, yes. As well as wanting to get a message out, really. So mm-hmm. um, I grew up in a long line of wrestlers, and I grew up wrestling my parents, and my kids grew up wrestling me. And so, you know, I still wrestle my 13-year-old grandson, which I was babysitting just Friday night because his parents are in London for a few days. And he stopped, let go of me, so I let go of him. Next thing I know, he hauled off and slugged me in the eyes so hard I wound up going to the hospital, had to have a CAT scan. I actually have a broken cheekbone or orbit. Um, no, no. Thank well, that's God there's not good. Not, yeah, thank God there's not further damage. Um, he spends hours and hours and hours a day playing the shoot 'em up video games where there's just so much violence. And, of course, there's no damage done. When you kill somebody, they come back to life. And so I could just mm. feel that there was a... there's something really behind that with especially the force that he hit me so one is i just really want a message to get out to the church because i'm hearing this from so many people of how many kids are being affected and their behavior is being affected and the violence is affected by all of these games that are out yeah you know kim there is a lot and one of the things is um is that you know, it is something to talk to your kids about. Any kind of, of, of physical abuse is not um, is not acceptable, and and so you know, anger. There can be anger in people. People are angry about a lot of things, but we do know that Paul would write in Ephesians chapter five, "Be angry, but do not sin." And you know, and punching, and that's concerning. And there needs to be discussion with him. There needs to be discussion with his parents, that that's not acceptable, and it's not. Um, the problem is if um, if it isn't talked about and dealt with in a proper way, then that can be extended to future relationships uh, with a spouse or with somebody else. So it's a real issue to really have to pray through, and it may not be the best idea to be wrestling, you know, with your grandparents or, or grandchildren or whatever it may be. I don't know. But here's the thing. The violence is not acceptable. It is something that needs to be talked about in these video games as well, because there is a lot of video games that are out there that, you know, all these other things. And it really needs to uh, it's a problem. It's a problem that uh, is um, rampant, not just in our culture, but in even in the church. And I, I just don't like it. I didn't have my kids. I raised four kids and and they're adults. But. Uh, I know that even adults uh, in their 20s, that they're playing these games, you know, video games all night long. And even talking with those who uh, are, you know, those who uh, have businesses and stuff, I talked to them. They said it's hard to find somebody young who who can work because they want to play videos all night. And it brings problems in marriages. Uh, We've done counseling where you know, my husband stays up all night playing video games or whatever it is. So I know we're talking about a couple issues here, um, but those things need to be addressed. It is important what it is that where we spend our time uh, and to redeem the time because the days are evil. But any kind of violence, you know, is not acceptable. Any kind of abuse is not acceptable. Um, the governing authorities are to be used in, in those cases, and and it needs to be talked about. And so 
Um, you know, it's concerning to hear your grandson do that. And um, so there needs to be action that needs to be taken uh, in talking to and to his parents because it will accelerate. And, um, and if the source of that is something going on or video games that needs to be dealt with as well. And then, you know, also, you know, parents need to talk to their kids about what it is that they're watching, what it is that they are seeing and what it is that they're spending their time. And here's the thing. It does matter what it is that we're watching. And Paul talks a lot about the New Testament, talks a lot about renewing our minds, renewing our minds. Uh, You know, what is it that we're filling our minds with? And uh, we need to be filling our minds with the things of the Lord and uh, and not with uh, all this stuff. It really does concern me to see that that's going on. It's been so much time. I mean, even, uh, you know, Hollywood and all that, uh, you know, they'll say that they're against violence. But the movies that go out and shows like that, you know, we just need to be wise and discerning is what we need to do. And um, and to really be have those honest talks with their kids, you know, family members, and um, and it's a problem. It's just a problem. I don't like it. I don't like it when I see all this and hear about these things, and it just breaks my heart to see what's, how lives are being ruined and families are being, um, you know, the strain and uh, in family relationships and things like that. So just um, it needs to be dealt with. Need to pray about it, talk about it, seek the Lord, and um, and get back to the things of the Lord, which is very important. So we're going to go ahead and continue with the phone lines. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line 720-336-0897. Let's go to Annabelle in Florida. Annabelle? Annabelle? Hi, Annabelle. Yes, Hi, how yeah, are you? Can you hear me? I can hear you. How are you today? I'm doing good. How you doing, Pastor? I'm doing good. You're on Calvary Live. So I have a question, Pastor. I'm I'm a Christian. I have a I feel that like I have a good relationship with Jesus. Um good communication with the Lord. I fear the Lord. I congregate every Sunday. I'm involved with my church with my pastors, and I'm happy about it. He don't change my life in plenty of, plenty of ways. I'm wonderful grateful with the Lord. But I don't know if this is a problem for me on that. Um, the Bible says you can drink, but you cannot get drunk. So I wanted to know, I don't know, I feel in my heart I need to ask this question. Is this okay for me to drink a couple of wines a day? Because how God feel about that you know the in your your you got the guidance of the scripture you know um that there is the sin of drunkenness um we know that paul would write in the uh ephesians he says don't be drunk with wine which is the dissipation but be filled with the spirit so we know that there's the sin of drunkenness um if somebody has wine that's between them and the lord I know for me as a pastor, as an elder, uh, some pastors say, well, I'm allowed to drink. Uh, And what I read from the scriptures is that an elder is not to be given to wine. Now, it's interesting that when it comes to the deacons, it says not given to munch wine. So some people like to have wine, you know, as they have dinner or Christians. Um, 
you know, and uh, they, uh, you know, in their liberty feel like they can have that. So there is the sin of drunkenness um, that we know that the Bible says that we're to stay away from being filled with wine. Uh, Here's the thing, Annabelle, you know, some people are able to do that. They're able to have a glass of wine. Uh, It's fine. Uh, Have it with friends, family, holiday, whatever it might be. Again, that's between them and the Lord. But I think um, where, uh, you know, maybe perhaps where people are listening right now, where people need to be careful is, is that it can lead to where the drinking increases. And I'm not saying that's the case with you at all. So some people are able to handle it. But Annabelle, I've just talked to too many people that they began drinking wine, they began drinking, and it just began to, you know, get out of hand after a while, over time, whatever the case may be. So you got to be careful. You got to be wise. Um, You know, you don't want to be filled with it. Uh, You want to be filled with the Spirit. And, uh, and, you know, for me, I, I won't drink it. Because I don't, you know, the Bible says for me as an elder not to, and um, and that's the conviction that I have. So as you go to the Lord in your liberty, um, you know, there's nothing that prohibits you having a glass of wine, uh, but we do know that drunkenness is a sin. Exactly. That's my point. I don't, when I was in the world, I know how it feels to get drunk. But once I got saved, it's different, but it's something that, it relaxed me. A couple of ones a day, it relaxed me. Now, I don't get to the point to get drunk. I don't. I know what it is to get drunk, and that's when you open the door to demons, and I don't want that in my life. That's how I human start. That's how when you... Yeah, you don't. You don't want that in your life. And Annabelle, you know, here's the thing that, you know, you want to get to that place, you know, it does relax you. It's, um, and, and I'm not. I'm not trying to have a harsh stance on this. But really to be praying about, Lord, I want you to relax me. I want to be filled with the Spirit. I want to have that calmness. I want to have that peace of mind. Uh, I want to be able to have that uh, without having to have alcohol. Because, you know, alcohol, I've just, for Annabelle, me, and just being a pastor for 30 years, I've just seen it do too much damage to too many people. And I just, you know, I think people need to take it very soberly, be sober-minded, Um and again, it's between them and the Lord. And I know there's people that are listening right now that say, I like to have a glass of wine. And that's, again, between you and the Lord. And I like to have, you know, whatever else. Um, but we keep it where the Scripture says. Um, and uh, everything you do unto the Lord, you do it for Him. And is it pleasing? Am I doing it in a way that I'm not being filled with wine, um, but I'm able to just enjoy it? And to to really say, Lord, I, I want to please you with this, and I want to move forward in that. So, Annabelle, you ask a good question, and the Lord will lead you and continue to guide you. Okay. Yeah, that's what I want. Uh, I don't want to disappoint in no type of way. He's been a good guy with me. He's, he's always been there for me. I can feel the Holy Spirit guiding good, me. Good. 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 Keep keep moving forward in things of the Lord. Thank you, Annabelle. Appreciate your question. Love hearing from you guys there in Florida. It's, uh, radio by Grace. Uh, warm in Florida. Um, I got a daughter that lives in Florida. Always kind of uh, such a, a beautiful place and, and love it there. So thank you, Annabelle. Appreciate you calling. 
303-690-3000. Here's the thing about alcohol. Just, you know, be careful. That's, be wise, okay? That's, that's all I'm saying. And uh, we have liberty. Some people enjoy it. Uh, I don't condemn anybody for doing that. But we do what the Bible does say about uh, being filled with wine. And we just want to be careful it doesn't lead to that and uh, begin to affect our minds and, um, you know, that we don't distinguish between what is holy and unholy, what is clean and unclean, as it was the warning given to Aaron and his sons um, and in the book of Leviticus. So be wise, be discerning. Uh, it's it's. I've just seen too many families destroyed because of alcohol. So be wise in those areas. Hey, let's go to Jackie and Aurora. Hi, Jackie. Hello, how are you? I am fine. You're on Calvary Live. Hello. I was just calling in today to see if I get a prayer request. Yes. How can we pray for you? Okay. Um, I had cancer uh, six months ago, and I go in for my six-month check tomorrow, and I just need some prayer that it's it's gone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Jackie. And Father, I do pray for Jackie. She's battling cancer, a very serious thing. And as she's going to go in tomorrow, I just pray that she would get a good result, um, that they would uh, give her the news that there's no cancer. Um, Lord, that you would just uh, touch her body, uh, continue to uh, just do that work in her, strengthen her. Um, and Lord, I do pray that you would show your compassion and and just clear the cancer out. That's what we ask. We know that we can come and ask for that. And Lord, whatever the news is, that she would trust in you. She comes in faith. She comes in faith knowing that you can heal. And she's asking as a child of God because she she has the spirit of adoption. And so, Lord, we pray that you would do that work physically. And, and Lord, also just bring that comfort to her spiritually. Uh, give her a peace that passes understanding. And Lord, we just commit her to you. Um, and we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Jackie, we'll be thinking about you tomorrow when you go to the doctor, okay? Thank you. Okay. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Bet. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line seven two zero three three six zero eight. Nine seven got a couple open lines. We're going to go to Aurora. With nope, we just we're there. We're going to go to Georgia's where we're going to go. We're going to go to Columbus, Georgia. Jackson. Hello, Pastor. Hi, Jackson. How Hello, are Pastor. you? I love yeah. you, show. I watch it. Well, I thank you. It every day. My question is about Judas, who put who, uh-huh. who portrayed it, Jesus Christ with the thirty pieces of silver. And he, and he went on to hang himself in the eternity. Who will be the twelfth apostle? The question is, who's going to be the twelfth apostle? Yeah. And we do know that, um, you know, it's interesting. Um, the question comes a lot of times when we read about the New Jerusalem, and there's going to be twelve uh, foundations with uh, the names of the apostles. Uh, on those foundations in the New Jerusalem. So the question is, whose name is going to be the 12th one? We know the 11. And the question is, is it going to be Acts chapter 1, 
and I'll read it for the sake of our readers, is it going to be Matthias as they would cast lots and uh, Matthias was picked uh, as uh, I'm going to read it for the sake of our listeners uh, that it says, it speaks about how, uh, you know, uh, Judas was, uh, was, um, you know, he was numbered with us to attain a part of his ministry, um, how he died. uh, And it says that, let his dwelling place be desolate. Let no one live in it. So let another take his office. So they, they cast lots, right? And they came up with Matthias. So it fell on Matthias. We don't hear of anything of Matthias after that. Uh, I don't, I don't think we do. And so some are wondering, is it Matthias or is it Paul, the apostle, Paul, the apostle who was the apostle to the Gentiles? Is he going to be the 12th? Um, Some, most scholars and most commentators and Bible teachers believe that the 12th is going to be Paul the Apostle. Uh, Used mightily, the one to go to the Gentiles. Um, But I don't know, biblically, if we can really dismiss that, because one of the things that you might look at is in Acts chapter 6, it says, Now in those days when the number of disciples was multiplying, they're getting ready to ordain um, deacons. And it says in verse 2, Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, Is it not desirable that we should leave uh, the word of God and serve tables? So under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Luke writes that the twelve were summoned. They told the multitude that were given to this ministry. So it doesn't say the eleven, and Matthias really isn't a, an apostle, and it's Paul the Apostle. So that's where the debate comes in. And I guess we'll find out when we get to heaven, huh, Jackson? Wait, wait. Can I say, say one, one thing about Paul? Uh-huh. I, you know, I, I think Peter is the one that just dropping the, the lot, right? So I think yeah. Peter overstepped his boundary. I think he, he reacted too quick. Because if you notice, all the, all the other apostles were sent by God. So Peter, Peter, I, I think Peter over, overstepped the boundary. And then in the yeah. book of Timothy, it said that by commandment from God, this is God talking to Paul. He said, I'll make you an apostle. So I, I, I definitely think it's going to be Paul. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of Bible scholars believe it is Paul, and they also believe what you just said, that, you know, Peter did overstep um, what he did. There are others on the other side of the spectrum, Jackson, and I'm just kind of throwing this out, that believe that, well, it is in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit hasn't come upon them. Um, you know, the Holy Spirit was in them after the resurrection. So Peter, he's going back to where they would cast lots. You know, the Old uh, Testament, the priest would come out with the erm and thummim. He doesn't have that, but he cast it lots. I lean to, towards what you say, that, you know, that... Um, you know, casting lots, uh, they should have been praying, they should have been seeking the Lord, uh, but I don't know for sure. And in chapter 6, it says to 12, did Peter overstep? And so that's uh, that's something that many scholars, and it's an interesting conversation and debate, and some believe the 12th is going to be Paul, and we're going to find out, aren't we, uh, when we go to heaven? Thank you very much. Thanks, Jackson. Good question. Appreciate it. Okay.
Got all open lines right now, 303-690-3000. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of different thoughts on that. And some people just automatically think it's going to be Paul, but it's interesting in Acts chapter 6, the 12 was summoned, and so Matthias is included in that 12th. Is it him? Um, I, I personally lean towards Paul, um, and it's an interesting discussion. We would make any denominations out of that or anything like that. But, you know, there were apostles also besides Paul that are listed in the book of Acts. So we know that Jesus is the apostle appointed by God the Father in the book of Hebrews. Uh, he appointed one. We know that the uh, Jesus appointed 12 and uh, in their apostolic ministry. And then the Holy Spirit appointed other apostles that we have in the book of Acts. And it's not only Paul, but Barnabas, I believe Silas, is called an apostle as well. So it's interesting to look at that and see what the scriptures have to say about those things. Hey, uh, we're going to go to the um, text line and uh, just want to um, have a question that um, is uh, concerning... Uh, the triumph, uh, not the triumphal entry. We looked at that one. This one is about uh, Jesus cleansing the temple. Did he, uh, you know, just uh, get mad for uh, because he was feeling the pressure of it? You know, that comes up a lot, actually. And uh, it was something that we discussed in our teaching yesterday. I talked about that very thing. And in the triumphal entry, of course, Mark tells us that Jesus went to the temple and he looked around, he saw all the things that were going on, and then he left and actually went to Bethany, uh, stayed overnight, came back, cursed the fig tree, and then he came into the temple and cleansed it. Now, it's interesting, as we discussed in, in, um, on this, that the cleansing of the temple took place the day after the triumphal entry, Monday, which would be today. And he goes in and he overturns the money changers' tables, and he drives out those who sold and bought, um, you know, the sacrifices. And some people say that Jesus was really feeling the pressure, that he just lost his cool, lost it emotionally, and so he cursed the fig tree, and then he came in and he drove out the, the oxen and overturned the money changers' tables, and it just shows his humanity. Well, here's the thing. Uh, everything Jesus did was with a purpose. He did not sin. When I lose my cool, I sin. Uh, when I get emotional, I can sin. Paul writes in Ephesians 5, be angry and do not sin. Uh, but oftentimes I can. And Jesus had a righteous anger. We see that uh, up in the Galilee when that man with the withered hand was in the synagogue and Jesus walked in and the religious leaders were looking to find a reason to accuse him. Is he going to heal on the Sabbath day? And Jesus looked at those religious leaders, one of the gospel writers say, with anger, because they didn't care about this poor guy who had a withered hand. They didn't care about the people. And so there was a righteous anger that was there. Um, but Jesus, as he went into the temple, the reason that he did that is because they were ripping the people off. We know that there's two times that Jesus cleansed the temple. John's Gospel records the time that he did it early in his ministry, in his first year of his ministry, John chapter 2. And in that, we know it took place right after his first miracle that he performed in 
uh, turning water into wine at Canaan. And in that cleansing of the temple, he would say, take these things away. He made a cord of uh, a whip, uh, and that's not recorded in the Synoptic Gospels when he cleansed the, the temple in his last week of his ministry. But he says, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. In the last week, the second cleansing of the temple that the Synoptic Gospels write about, he says in the, his indictment of them, it is written that my house is a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. And what was taking place is that people would come and they would have to buy a sacrifice. They would have to exchange money. They couldn't bring Roman coinage or anything. Uh, but they had to do that. Um, and we know that um, Annas, who was overseeing all this, the power behind the high priestly office, uh, that he uh, was making a killing, and he was able to pay off the Romans to keep all his sons into power. So we talked a lot about that yesterday. But Jesus, he said, you've made my father's house, uh, um, which is a house of prayer, into a den of thieves. And he's quoting from the book of Isaiah. And Isaiah, in chapter 56, verse 7, that even then I will bring to my holy mountain, and I will make them joyful in my house of prayer. The burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations. And you see, they were coming in, and they were wanting to... to the Greeks to see it, and they were just seeing, you know, it wasn't a witness to them. It was a house of prayer for all the nations. So we talked about it. You might want to get the teaching as we put it on our um, website, and you can catch it or on our podcast. Hey, I hear the music, and um, so I guess we're going to be ending the show. You've all been right? listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word. <laughs> 